Producer Michael Miracle here, and before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace, because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So, head to our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the nation flag, then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I work for him today as you tune into us lots of different ways on radio on internet let's talk faith.com maybe you're tuning in on you listen later on on a podcast on google play stitcher or itunes however you hear the show today just know that martha and i prayed along with tj tyson our guest today that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith into connecting what you hear on sunday and what you do in your nine to five so let me just ask you this question do you have a superhero complex do you think you're invincible Do you struggle with the thoughts that lead you to think you could do anything if you would just put your mind to it? You know, from my perspective, most women definitely think they're Wonder Woman, able to fight for truth, justice in the American way. Oh, that was Superman. Sorry, that was another Marvel comic. (laughs) But today we talk with the recovering Wonder Woman, TJ Tyson, as we talk about killing Wonder Woman. TJ Tyson, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much, Jim. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it's just great having you on the air with Martha and I as we talk about your brand new book, Killing Wonder Woman, Setting Weary Women Free to Win at Work and Soar in Faith. What what caused you to what what prompted you to write this book? Well, I'll tell you, it was it, of course it was God. I, you know, He always has these crazy ideas that take us outside our comfort zone and make us walk in faith—the uh, faith that we proclaim to have. Right? It's not faith unless we're actually stepping out in it. And mm-hmm. so, um, the week I was graduating from college, I went back to school after my kids were in high school and finished college. And God just gave me this word of that I was going to be writing this book mainly through other people that were saying, "You need to write about this." As I talked about our work as a mission and a ministry and talked about the struggles that we as women have in in the work that God's called us to do and the various roles that He's called us to do. And so, you know, a, a year went by and I hadn't done anything because I didn't consider myself a writer. And God just kind of said, it's just about more than a book. So four years of really sharing the message through writing and speaking. And finally, He called me to go away one week and write the book and uh, Seriously, by his miraculous power, I wrote it in four days. So wow. I know I know it's from him, and it was just the right time, and it was the right message. And I didn't even know I was going to call it Killing Wonder Woman until about a month before I went away to write it. So I didn't know what the title was going to be, and he really gave that to me, and it shaped the whole message and the book, and everything came together beautifully, just, just like he does with any plan that he yeah. has in anybody's life. That's a, it is so true. So you're yeah. a consultant, you're a speaker, you're a ministry executive, you're now an author, and of course you've been a mom pre, you know, pre eminently a mom. Talk about this Wonder Woman complex. How do you manage it all? You just What you just described is the epitome of what so many women are juggling with and struggling with in this, hey, they can do it all. And I, I love this. As I read this, I thought of Martha many of the times as, as she was raising kids. We were running our own business there in, in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, right where you're from. And, and, and we were trying to do it all. And I love the fact that so many women are trying to do this whole Wonder Woman thing. But really, you wrote about killing Wonder Woman. And, and then, you know, with the movie just coming out, I'm, I'm not sure that people might get the wrong idea. 
<laughs> well, I don't I don't have anything against, you know, Linda Carter or Gal Gadot or, or anybody who's played <laughs> Wonder Woman or looks up to, you know, says, you know, she's the symbol of strength. And I see that the problem is, is that we set an unrealistic expectation for ourselves as women. And we listen to the messages that are all around us, whether they're in the media, in our culture, in our own families, in our own heads most of the time, of what we think our life should be. And I I truly believe that women can have everything that God has given them to do in that moment. And that's the key. And I, instead of trying to have it all, you can have it all, just not all at the same time, not, not in the same hour, and not, definitely not in the same season of your life. And so I'm at a season in my life where my kids are grown. And, um, you know, my husband and I have been married almost 26 years. And so, mm, you know, God has done some great things there and great things in our family. And it was through the years that God gave me, as, as my seasons changed, God called me to other things. And we are called to a lot of different things. I don't believe we have just one calling in our life. It is, I'm a wife, and so I'm called to be a wife, and I'm a mom, I'm called to be a mom, I'm also in business, so I'm called to that. That is my ministry, that's my calling, that's my mission that God has given me here on earth. And and then later on, he decided to call me to be an author, and it wasn't in my plan, but it was in (laughs) his, and so it's really just that understanding that our life is a journey, and it's a story that God's unfolding, and that that's going to happen in the right time, whatever he's calling us to. And a big part of that is just understanding what you, who you are in Christ and what you've been called to so that you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And this is something that's so crucial for all of us, actually, is that if, if you can say no to the good, then you can say yes to God's best. You know, you said a great thing, TJ, that I just want to go back to because um, so many of us, you know, let me back up. As I read the book, it's hard sometimes to remember all the things that I tried to do. It's funny that Jim says he kept thinking of me, you know, as we were raising (laughs) kids and stuff, because in the moment, I think we don't. I didn't dwell on so much about like all my accomplishments. I just knew what I had to get done. And, you know, I, 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 I am sure that I had um, overachieving in there that I shouldn't have had. But you said something really critical. You said not all of the things that we're called to do are, are necessarily to happen at the same time. And I think Correct. that's really critical because so many of mm-hmm. us, um, we think, you know, we look at what our moms have done before us and what other you know people that are ahead of us have done over a span of time and we think we need to do it all now and and that really feeds this whole um mentality of of um what we're trying to to talk about today isn't doesn't it yes absolutely it's it's when we're trying to pile more on ourselves than god is is putting upon us in that moment that that we get worn down and weary. And I see it in, in women and men, but I see it primarily, that's my focus and my calling, is that I see it in women all over mm-hmm. the world, but definitely in our culture here in America, that we just take way too much on ourselves. And that's that's not what God is calling us. Learning to. how to say the word no. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. men. Men, we get we get caught up in our work period. We can neglect every other part of our lives and just get caught up in our work where ladies are multitaskers and they're, they've got the ability to focus on lots of things at one time. It's just how they were wired. And, and so it's, it's, I know that that was one thing that Martha and I really struggled with early on in marriage was you just saying no, because you wanted to do so many things. Yeah, because it yeah. all seemed so good and pretty and 
you know, exciting and entertaining or whatever it might be or something that I could accomplish. So why wouldn't you say yes? TJ, did you <laughs> did you and your husband have to work through that when you were newlyweds? Uh, absolutely. And I absolutely. And I was going to say, too, that one of the ways that men can help their wives out and their daughters and their moms um, is is to help them with this, this helping to learn to say no. There were times and seasons in our life where my husband and I sat down and he said, you know what, it, you need to give something up. You need to, something's got to give. So what is it going to be? And let's look at that. And, you know, and I and I understood that he was coming at it from, he saw what I was piling on myself. And he saw, and that was before I was killing Wonder Woman, you know, and I was trying to take on more than God was calling me to. And so he, in his wisdom, said, you, you know, something's got to go, and let's look at what that is. And and we worked through that in a way that was, it was such a relief to know that somebody on my team was saying, you don't have to do this all. Let's take something off your plate. Mm-hmm. You know, you know reminds, and however that looks. It reminds mm-hmm. me of a conversation that we had earlier this week, um, talking about questions that we can ask our spouse. And one of the mm-hmm. questions that um, it said for the wife to ask the husband was, honey, is there something that I could be spending my time better on than what I'm doing right now. And I thought that was Mm. pivotal because we don't usually look at it that way because it's like, okay, all that I'm doing might be good, but is there something better or there is, am I using my time on something that I shouldn't be? And, and I thought that was a really good probing question that really ties in with this question, you know, and saying, how can, how can you say no to something that's so good, but I want to spend my time the best way possible for God's glory. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you ask that question, the husband can't respond, me. <laughs> It'd be better if you spent more time on me. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's no, a given, right? We're needy. We're very needy. <laughs> yes, all right, well, TJ, what is this book, Killing Wonder Woman, all about? Well, it's really about killing those lies and those labels that we've come to believe as women that are really holding us down and holding us back from just being the woman that God made us to be. How many women really struggle with this? Probably just about every woman. I've only run into one woman who said, I really don't understand what you're writing about here. This isn't me. And I was like, well, then you are like amazing because every woman I talk to struggles with this. They know immediately when they see the title, oh, I need that. I need that. And we both grew up in the Midwest, Martha in Illinois near the Quad Cities and me in Minneapolis. And so I have, we have seen this, but we just thought it was like a Midwestern thing. But yeah, when we come down, we've been in Florida 15 years now. And Martha, have you seen this amongst the, the women friends? that you have? Oh, I think even more so these days because of social media. I think that Mm -hmm. we have set our standards to a whole nother level than they ever were when I was a young mom. So, Mm -hmm. and I I really relate this to young momhood for me because I think in a lot of ways you're juggling many, many lives all at one time, you know, and I just, Mm -hmm. that's where I kind of go in my mind. But yes, I think that more so than ever across the country and probably around the world, uh, women be- are believing all kinds of lies about the things that they should be doing and um, who they should be. And we don't even know it. And that may even be that one woman who said, you know, this isn't me. I don't get it. You know, um, because yeah. she, she may really just need counseling. Just, she just, you yeah. know, I mean, I know for myself, <laughs> I, I yeah, we don't want we don't always recognize it takes a lot of work yeah. to recognize the lies that are being um, mm-hmm. floating around in our heads. Talk to Absolutely. us about your ministry, workingwomenoffaith.com, workingwomenoffaith.com. What, what is this all about? If somebody went out to the website, what are women going to learn and what are their husbands going to learn? 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is all about helping women win at work and soar in faith. And so first of all, it's about um, understanding what your work, that your work matters to God. And I know you can understand this perspective at I Work For Him, yeah. um, that our work matters and that God is in the business of redeeming our work for good, even though work technically, you know, came out of work, began to be seen as work after the fall right. and that it was by the sweat of your brow and, you know, it was going to be this hard thing. But just as God is in the business since that first fall of redeeming us back to himself, he's also redeeming our work back to himself for his glory and for his purposes. And so the problem that I saw and the reason why Working Women of Faith came about is I saw this gap in our faith communities for women of faith in the workplace. You know, most of the messages that we get in our faith communities from the pulpit are uh, really directed at what we're doing for God, and our work is oftentimes left out of it, although there's a shift happening in some in some faith communities. They're talking more about that. Yes. But even where they are talking about it, the work messages are mainly directed at the men, mm-hmm. and the home and family messages are directed at women. And yet you have more women working outside the home than ever before in some capacity. And so the reason why there's this disconnect between our faith and our work is we're not getting those messages. And for women, it's doubly so. And so there's just this gap there for women that I felt like God calling me to help fill. Well, in fact, the statistics in the workplace, there are more women in the workplace than men. Now, at this point in time, 52 or 53 percent women versus men. Uh, And that's a staggering statistic. So when you look at workingwomenoffaith.com, how widespread have Working Women of Faith groups gotten so far? You know, unfortunately, they're not as widespread as I'd like to see them be. (laughs) There Mm -hmm. are a few organizations out there that do minister directly to women. But, uh, you know, there are there are a ton of marketplace ministry groups that even people in the workplace aren't aware of. Mm-hmm. And I have met, you know, those who, who are CEOs of it and they run it and I could, you know, list off all the different ones that just happen here in the Twin Cities. But out of that, uh, there's only one that I know of that reaches to women besides working women of faith. Which one is so, that? Which one is that? Uh, Refi- Refine Ministries <laughs> in, in the Twin Cities. And they their, their, their main focus is on uh, women business owners, mainly um, home-based businesses and, and marketers. Uh-huh. And, and so they're trying to minister to women in one segment. And I really feel that we need to minister to women in, in no matter what their um, role is, whether they're a business owner. And I say from Burger King to the boardroom. Sure. I love that. You are, Wherever you are in the workplace, God has called you to be there for His purposes and His glory, and He has a reason for you being there that goes beyond your paycheck. And so I know you can relate to that as well. Just I work for Him, and your philosophy is so aligned with this. So I really want to be able to reach more women in the workplace. And we've only identified two other national ministries specifically focused on women in business. And it is, you are so right on the money. Most of the ministries will uh, will minister to women, but they were designed by men. They tend to have a men focus, but uh, Diane Patterson has got one yep. and uh, yep. CBWC is trying to get off of the ground. You know, CBMC is a men's organization, 85 years yep. old and out of Ohio, there's a lady starting CBWC and there's also down Correct. here in Tampa Bay, but we want to help you grow this. So we're, we want to partner with, because this is a huge need. There are so many yeah. women in the workplace that 
understand their faith really needs to be connected to what they do. They get it, but they need mm-hmm. encouragement. So working women of faith, we, we're going to have to get you expanding down here in the Southeast. So that's where we get it. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. And, and have you come down in February or January? You know, we, when you oh, need to get yeah. away from the snow, you can come on down here. <laughs> we'll do a lot. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Let's book it now. <laughs> so my mind is really reeling about this. And I know we're here to talk about the book, but I want to just focus on this for a minute because I wonder if for women, we struggle with um, separating ourselves to a certain extent in the sense that I know that I have different needs than men have, but yet I know that I can also glean things from the men that have experience. So I don't want to completely segment myself, but yet I need to be fed and I need to be encouraged as a woman. So, you know, I think in my own life, I feel that battle. Do you do you think that that's maybe some of what you've experienced with people? I think it is, and and I've been very intentional about that too. And because of the business world that I work in, as well as the industries that I've worked with, I've often worked primarily with men, mm-hmm. and so I understand the importance of that. I've belonged to my own peer group for uh, several years that was all men, and I was the only woman. So I I think there is absolutely value in that. But I also think that there are specific situations that women encounter uh, that are different from what men encounter, and yes. we we need to meet those. needs needs yes. that are out there in the marketplace for women. I mean, there, there are just situations and minefields in the workplace that a, a guy is never going to come across. And so to try to get information from a guy on how to handle that isn't necessarily going to guide us in the Christ-like response that we want to have because they haven't experienced it. So it might be theoretical, but not mm. practical. Mm-hmm. We're talking today with TJ Tyson. She's written this incredible book called Killing Wonder Woman. No, not that Wonder Woman. You, the listener, you ladies that are listening, you trying to be Superwoman, this Wonder Woman, trying to do it all and do it all at the same time. This is this book's about setting weary women free to win at work and soar in their faith. And I would say probably set them free at home as well. And we're going to talk, we're going to dig deep into this book, but I want you to check out TJ's website, workingwomenoffaith.com, workingwomenoffaith.com. TJ, you've got groups. You, you mentioned that you're going to have groups starting in the fall in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Do you have groups in other parts of the country for working women of faith? I don't at this time, but we're also going to be launching the online community as well. And so there's going to be all kinds of just great teaching and resources and really from women across the nation. I know women all over the country that have so much to offer from a biblical perspective of our work call, workplace calling as women. And so I'm so excited to bring them on board. It's not just me or my stuff or, you know, any mm-hmm. of that. It's really about meeting the needs of women in all different arenas. And so the the model is that if they if they want to and they have connections with women through the online community in their area that they can start their own groups there. But initially, I'm doing four groups here in the Twin Cities, North, South, East, West Metro, so that it can meet the time constraints that women of faith in the workplace have and all women in the workplace have. Well, and really what what I was getting at was there's a lot of listeners that will hear the show live here in Tampa, but also because of iHeartRadio, they're listening across the country and around the world. And they're also going to be listening to the iTunes podcast, which really spans even more continents, not more mm-hmm. continents, excuse me, more countries, what I meant to say. Sure. And so yeah. they're going to want to know, how do I get a hold of TJ Tyson? How do I find out how to set one of these working women of faith groups up? How do I talk to her about this? So tell people how they can get a hold of you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You can email me directly. You can contact through the website or you can email me at tj at workingwomenoffaith.com. And I'm open to uh, giving out my cell phone if everybody's okay with that. Go, it's your that cell well. phone. Go for it. Yeah. So it's uh, 715-607-0478. So I am open to any conversation that there's a need in your area, you know, and you see that need and you want to meet that need, let's talk. And I'll do everything I can to help you get going in your area. Especially if it's in the South in the wintertime, TJ would love to break away from Minneapolis, St. Uh, Paul. Absolutely. <laughs> now, absolutely. what we can do is, I, I know what we can do. We'll just trade one of those times. You can come down and spend a week with Martha in February when it's gorgeous, and I'll go up in Minnesota, spend some time with your husband, and enjoy Minnesota that's, and roll around in the snow, snowmobile, do a little ice fishing. I, yeah, miss, I desperately miss the cold. Okay, let, let's bring it let's on describe, back. Bring it on back. Let's describe <laughs> Wonder Woman. How does Wonder Wonder Woman act. Well, you mean as far as the yeah, lie of Wonder yeah, Woman? Yeah, right? yes. Okay, yeah. So the Wonder, when I talk about killing Wonder Woman, obviously I'm not talking about the actual Wonder Woman, but it's really the lies. Well, she's not real. That, you couldn't kill the actual Wonder Woman. <laughs> that she's not, she's not real. Well, the interesting part is that, and you know, if you read the book, you hear this, but uh, Wonder Woman and Satan are in cahoots. And and they it, the true enemy behind all of this, behind all the lies and labels, and he is the father of lies, is mm-hmm. Satan. And he's, you know, there's been a war against our hearts since the day we were born. Mm-hmm. And when we come to Christ, there's, you know, there's a war against that relationship and getting us off track from what's really important. And so these lies and labels are anything that are not what scripture says. They're the, they're the ones that are telling you that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. You know, if only you were like this person or that person, maybe God would love you more, or maybe he would do something great with your life, or maybe you could uh, look a certain way or be a certain way or be successful according to somebody else's definition. So it's, a, it, it's sneaky. Wonder Woman lies are sneaky mm-hmm. because they hide themselves. So Can a woman identify those Wonder Woman lies in her own life, or does she need somebody to come alongside and smack her upside the head with, you know, something healthy? I don't know. And with a man, I would say two by four. With a woman, I'd say a bundle of kale or something like that. (laughs) We like chocolate, too, and other things. Okay, a big old candy bar. We don't need something as hard as a two-by-four, that's all. That's right. Um, All right. TJ, back to you. The question I asked right before the break was, okay, if I was asking a man this question, he'd need a two-by-four upside the head. mm -hmm. Can a woman see that she's stuck in this Wonder Woman complex on her own, or does she need somebody in her life to come up alongside of her, and as I said, hit her with a bag of kale, but you said a candy bar. Candy bar works well. Something chocolate. (laughs) Dark. Dark chocolate. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think that most women know that they're Mm -hmm. weary and overwhelmed. They don't need anybody to tell them that. The reason why they pick up the book is because they're saying, yes, I need to kill Wonder Woman. I totally get that. I I need this. They are already feeling it. They they don't need somebody to tell them it's there in their life every day. You know, I was thinking this is one of those books that a man could pick up and give to his wife and it's not perceived like a diet book. It's more of a book (laughs) like saying, you know, honey, I you are 
Wonder Woman. You are trying to be Wonder Woman and you don't need to be, you know? So right. here's I still think there's danger. Anytime you give a wife a book well, that says it's okay. a self-help book, <laughs> there's danger it. in that. Maybe the husband reads it first. <laughs> husband or, reads you know, it first, <laughs> gives it to their girl, his wife's girlfriend and has her get that. I think that's what this is going to be. <laughs> I think there's too much the danger. <laughs> TJ, if your husband gave you this book, what would you say? You know, I might be mad in the first couple of minutes, <laughs> but then once I dug into it, I'd be like, wow, you know, I, he cared enough to say you need this. I want to see you be set free. Mm. And and men have a big influence in our lives, both our fathers, our, you know, our husbands, our sons, um, in, in helping us see ourselves as God sees us. And that's one thing, one tip that I give to men. Help the women in your life see themselves as God sees them, not as the world sees them, not even as you see them, but as God sees them. That's really a, how you get set free. Well, we have a lot of people that have just tuned in after the Bob and the Half Hour, and they're going, well, wait a minute, we're talking about killing Wonder Woman. We got T.J. Tyson on here, and, and you're talking about setting me free, but how many women really struggle with this? This complex? Oh, how many, how many yeah. women struggle with this? Just, uh, just about every woman I've ever met. <laughs> just about every one but yeah. one, you said in the first half of the, yeah, the show. Yeah, the one. All right, one. So, so how many of these women are really willing to kill the Wonder Woman complex, these lies that she's been living? How many of them are really willing to go through this process? As you talk to them, how many of them are willing to do it? Yeah, and I'll, well, and I'll tell you what I found that's interesting is that it is a process. And it's still a process for me. I mean, I have people, I wrote the book on it, and I have (laughs) people pointing out to me that I'm believing a Wonder Woman lie about something. Mm. And I didn't realize when I wrote it uh, how much of a process this is, because I have women who are saying, you know, I have to read. I purposely wrote it in short sections with little questions at the end of each section so that we could get through a section at a time and feel like we accomplished something, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but those questions are meant for reflection. And what I'm finding is that women really need to spend some time on this. So actually in the next uh, month here, the Deeper Dive Study Guide comes out where I mm, extrapolate cool. on some of those questions where women can really sit down and journal about this and listen to what God's saying about uh, about these different sections of the book because it takes time to kill Wonder Woman. And, and this isn't bait and switch. We're never really done killing her. Mm. So it's an ongoing process that we have to keep killing and keep advancing and keep fighting for our freedom. Well, unless let's talk about some details, some some real details here on what do we do? What are the steps? And I know that the first step that you mentioned in the book is kill the lies. We got to kill the lies. What are the lies that so many women are fighting with? Well, there's a lot of lies out there, and I really just touched on the ones that I felt like I saw a lot in my own life and in the lives of other women, and that's like the, you know, the perfection lie, that my life has to be perfect. And, you know, God is not calling us to be perfect on this side of heaven. That's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. And yet, I know I spent a lot of years just trying to have this picture-perfect life, um, <laughs> and that's just not real life. It's not even practical or realistic, and yet we do that to ourselves. And the self-worth lie that I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, strong enough, whatever, capable enough, and that, that comes from a lot of different areas of our life. And, and a then, lot of women struggle with the, I'm not pretty enough either. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And our, you know, all the messages from our culture, our media, even people in our own families and and a lot in our own heads contribute to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We start that at a very early age with, oh, what a pretty baby. You know, it's like, you know, know, I mean, we just, we do. That's in our language and it goes all the way up. People tell my mother, well, that's a face a mother, only a mother can (laughs) love. All right. But what about the guilt lie? What's that one all about? 
So the guilt lie is kind of, there's a couple of different things there. You know, there's guilt that when we are missing the mark with what God is calling, you know, is, is asking of us in his word, there, there's, there is a uh, you know, righteous guilt that leads us to repentance. But then there's a the guilt that we feel uh, because we haven't done enough or because we haven't accomplished what we think we should accomplish. There's guilt from within, and then there's guilt trips that other people put on us because we haven't done something they wanted us to do, you know. And uh, there's a lot of people-pleasing going on out there or attempts at people-pleasing that put us in this cycle of, uh, and God even called it a trap in Proverbs, but it's, you know, it's the cycle of, I, you know, oh, I, I, let that person down, or I, I should do more for that person. And we want so much for other people to like us that we feel guilty if we're not doing enough for others and we're neglecting ourselves in the process. And so this guilt thing can, can really wreck us and really keep us really bogged down in, in realizing that, not realizing that we've been set free with Christ's forgiveness. There's also the guilt of our past, you know, there's Mm. past mistakes that we will just carry around with us forever and that's not that's not what god wants for us we're talking today with tj tyson about her book killing wonder woman check her out online workingwomenoffaith.com workingwomenoffaith.com that's where you can get a copy of the book and the upcoming deep study guide you talk about what you call it you didn't call it a deep study you called it the dig deeper study deeper guide. dive deeper, deeper dive. dive that's what it is deeper okay dive. deeper okay. dive study guide on killing wonder woman and you can also find out lots more about the ministry workingwomenoffaith.com which we're going to talk about in a few more minutes all right but the i think what people really need to hear is that there's a process to killing lies in our lives Because when Martha and I do, we do a lot of marriage mentoring and we run into a a lot of married couples. One of their biggest struggles is they've been fed lies all their lives. Right, Martha? And Mm, and they don't they don't know how to they don't know how to to reject these lies and get them out of there. So what are you telling people in the book on how to get rid of these lies? So really, it's about calling out the lie. First, you have to recognize it as a lie, and then you have to replace it with something. So if you don't, if you are looking to get rid of a lie, you have to replace it with something stronger than the lie, and that's truth. And so the truth of God's Word is really what kills these lies. So even the lie, there's one in there about the you are unloved lie, and I go through all the different scripture that talks about how much God loves you. Um, So being able to kill those lies really comes down to the truth, and that's what sets us free. Even Christ said that, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So it's important for us to replace the lies with something, otherwise we'll just replace it with another lie. So it has to be with truth. It goes back to that that parable that Jesus talked about, the man who had a demon cast out of him, but he didn't replace it with anything, and the demons came back, and he brought seven of his buddies and made it so much worse. When we don't replace the lies with truth, more lies just pile on and pile on and pile on and pile on. Now, but killing Wonder Woman, you say in the book that when we kill Wonder Woman, we get rid of these lies, we get rid of this, this, this so much untruth that's surrounding our lives. And again, I'm saying our lives. No, I'm not a woman, but I understand the superwoman, the Wonder Woman complex. I'll say superwoman mm-hmm. because it's kind of a Superman, Wonder Woman thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they yeah. dated in Marvel Comics somewhere. But you're saying it brings about freedom. Why? Why and how does killing Wonder Woman bring freedom? Because it's in that process that you're going to learn who God made you to be. And understanding your own thought processes and the own you know, the lies and the labels that you've come to believe about yourself and replacing that with God's truth of how he sees you, then you're like, so that's why he made me the way he did in this area. And you start to discover the 
special, wonderful, creative, unique way that God has equipped you for what He's called you to here on earth. And there is so much freedom in just knowing who you are mm-hmm. and whose you are and being able to walk in that because then it doesn't matter what the messages around you are saying. You're so firm and secure in whose you are that you that you belong to Christ and who you are, who He specifically and uniquely created you to be, that, that it's like having those cuffs that deflect bullets, right? <laughs> you, you know, that Wonder Woman cuff, just to use that analogy, right. now that doesn't touch you. You've, you've got that protection around you. They're a multifaceted decorative device. Is that what they are? <laughs> well, they're, they're a pretty bracelet, and they're also a defense mechanism. I think we're going to have to go see the movie. I need to... Did you never watch you Wonder should. Woman on TV? I don't think... Well, I mean, maybe a couple episodes, but oh. not... We It was not like regular play at our house. It's I when she tied youngest, up the guys so. with the with the gold sash of truth. Lasso of truth. The lasso of truth. That's right. Absolutely. You see, know, there's so, a lot of correlation there. There's a lot of correlation between uh, that lasso of truth and the truth of God's word. You, you know? know, and that's great that you just said that, because that's one of the things I really wanted to highlight your book is completely full of scripture. And I mm. love that because so many times people say, okay, I want to understand and I want to relate this to scripture, but I don't know where to find it. Or I didn't know that this could relate to what I'm dealing with. And so I love that. And I just want to thank you for, you know, putting that throughout the book, because that's really where the truth come. That is the truth. And um, I, I just want our listeners to know that. So when they go and get a copy of this book, they're understanding that they're getting something that is full of scripture and truth that can really help break you from these lies and help you to see the truth. Absolutely. And I, on that point, I want to say that this is really an evangelistic tool, too. I have women from all different faith backgrounds who have read this book, mm. and women who don't claim to want anything to do with God, and, and women from other religions saying, you need to read this book, even <laughs> though I tell them this is full of Scripture and it's all about Jesus. I'm just letting you know that, you know, and then some people have given it to people that they know are struggling in their life with their faith because they said, she needs to hear this and right. she needs to hear the truth of what God thinks of her and, you know, and how, how to be a woman of faith. And so it's a great evangelistic tool on top of it because of that. So I'm glad you brought that up. We can all, th- we can all think of women who are struggling with this. Yeah. I mean, be- mm-hmm. because it is, it is just something It must be in the DNA as God designed women to do so many incredible things like the Proverbs 31 woman, but because of the s- Satan's slant, Satan's lies, yeah. he t- he tends to take it and and take it in a wrong direction. How do you, what do you think about a husband and wife going through this book together? Do you, have you heard anybody doing that where the, where their husband and you wife know, went through this together? I haven't heard of that, but that's an interesting idea. Did you guys go through it together or did you do it separately? We did it together separately. Yes. Oh, we did it at the same time and then discussed it, right? Yeah. Discussed the different things. We, That's really cool. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, I think that, you know, with anything that we are learning that we can mm-hmm. share with our spouse, it's going to oh, help us just yeah. be able to solidify what we learn that much yeah. more. TJ, as we joked about right before the break, that maybe husbands and wives should go through this together. But I think one of the things that's really important is that we talk about how this, how Wonder Woman not only invades our homes, but also invades our workplaces. How often do you see women like, wow, I need to really look at this in our workplace because Wonder Woman needs to be killed at work too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, 
You know, one of the things in our culture and in our society, because of everything, because of so many more women working in the workplace in in some capacity, but the thing that I encounter the most with women is, and this is true for myself too, is we feel like we have to work 10 times harder um, than our male counterparts to be even recognized and for our our value and our worth in our work that we're doing to be um, evident. And you will hear women in many different industries talk about that. There's just a different dynamic out there for women. And so then we tend to take on even more at work than even in other areas of our life in order to try to prove ourselves. And then it starts to destroy other really good parts of your life. Yeah, I yeah. think I love in your subtitle when you say setting weary women free to win at work and soar in faith. And I think if you if you hone in on that for a moment, all of the women that are trying to, you know, fulfill these lies, whether it be the guilt of not doing enough or not being enough or whatever it might be at work, that's what makes us weary. And so Absolutely. if somebody can come alongside and say, you know, if you are willing to look at killing the Wonder Woman in your life, you will not be as weary and you will have the freedom to be who you are. Wow, that resonates with a lot of women that want that. But we just didn't know that there was a way to accomplish that. So being told that I can be less weary is a wonderful thing. (laughs) It is. It is. Absolutely. How do we kill Wonder Woman at work then? Well, understanding that your work is is a ministry both to God and to yourself and to others, that it's a mission field, and then navigating around those minefields that are in the workplace. It's a it's really how do you view your work? Do you view it like God views it as a calling? And what is your purpose and your motivation for being there? Because when we have the right motivation, God can really empower us to live that out if we're doing it for Him as opposed to for us or for other people. Uh, and then on, how do we deal with those individual situations that come up in a way that honors God and allows us to be who God made us to be? And that's a really big part of our workplace calling. When you say we need to navigate around the minds in the minefield, what kind of minds are you talking about there? There are all kinds of minds out in the minefield in the workplace, but um, I actually took a survey of hundreds of women across America to find out what were those key ones that they dealt with the most so that I could really speak to those and help them conquer that. And And what's the the number number, one? Yeah, Number one across the board is workplace drama. Mm. (laughs) Oh, there you go. It doesn't even need to be explained. Everybody knows you get a bunch of women together. There's a bunch of drama. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, explain it. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's workplace drama is, is all of those. Okay. So think about the workplace. We take all these people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different beliefs, different personalities. We put them in one organization and we tell them to all go in the same direction together. <laughs> and and we're surprised at how much conflict and drama and situations we run into because of that. I mean, it's, a, it's just human nature to be self-protective and to have those insecurities come out in our actions. And so that's really the root cause of so much of workplace drama is really comes down to insecurity and insecurity comes down to not having knowing your relationship with Christ and not having that. So the root cause of that insecurity and that workplace drama is really our sinful nature. Now, you've got events where you go and speak and you talk about these things. Do you have some events coming up soon? I do. I'll be speaking at the Christian Business Breakfast on July 14th, and that's at North Central uh, University. It's a quarterly event that they put on. I'm, I'm one of a couple of different speakers. Great, great event for people who are out 
out in the workplace and really wanting their work to matter for God and for his kingdom. So I encourage you to look that up. It's on Eventbrite, Christian Business Breakfast at North Central. Can they also get a link to your events on workingwomenoffaith.com? Yes, absolutely. I have an events page there. Uh, I speak uh, leadership training, uh, both on the business side and on a faith side in church groups and nonprofits. So there's availability there as well as women's conferences. I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing more of that with women out in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So any of those kind of events, I'm really excited to be in front of. And you would have the crowd rolling on the ground if you talk about these things, because you're just it's truth that is hilarious and embarrassing all at the same time. T.J. Tyson, thanks so much for being on I Work for him today. Thanks so much for sharing your book, Killing Wonder Woman. Thank you, T.J. Thank you. You guys have a blessed day. All right, you too. All right. Hey, as, just check out T.J.'s website, workingwomenoffaith.com. Mm-hmm. Bring a local group into your area of the country, workingwomenoffaith.com. That was a fun conversation, wasn't it? It was. I just hope it intrigued people enough to check it out, especially women that are just looking for something more. Women who are struggling with being Wonder Woman, yep. and they need to learn to kill Wonder Woman. With been, a candy bar. That's right. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplaces are Mitchell Field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.